Welcome to the Impact Investing Podcast from Circa 5000. I'm Matt Latham. And I'm Tommy Gillicuddy. Remember, nothing in this podcast is financial advice, and when investing, your capital is at risk. Enjoy the episode. Hi, everyone. We're back with another episode of the Impact Investing Podcast. Um, this week, Tom, bit of a mixed bag. We are going to be talking about, uh, well, inspired by one of our uh, questions, we're going to be talking about lices, ices, and pensions, our favorite things. Um, and we've got some impact-related news as well that we're going to come on to. But first, I don't want to delay any longer in getting to everybody's favorite part of the pod. It's getting bigger each week. I think <laughs> soon it will have its own in- separate podcast for, uh, entirely. Tom in Tom's admin corner. <laughs> it feels like it needs a jingle now as well. Yeah, we do need a jingle. Uh, that, was a, that was a high-pitched squeal joke. Um yeah, we've had some feedback on email. This is people's favourite part of the uh, the pod. Now I'll start messing it up, and it won't be as funny anymore. Um, and please uh, start paying us on our Patreon page. We've set <laughs> we, we need some uh, help to afford food and drinks. Um, admin corner. Okay, so you can email us. We've had we've had a lot of questions coming on email. One um, is going to form the basis of what we talk about today. So uh, podcast at circa five thousand dot com um please uh, like and subscribe on spotify and on apple Podcasts and wherever else you may get your podcast there are other platforms available i believe um and uh you can watch the recordings on youtube as well if you're so inclined and obviously my favorite part of admin corner is chart news absolutely not as not as not as uh, exciting this week as it has in previous weeks where we were in every pot. Every- Would you say floundering, Tom? Or- I, I wouldn't go as far as that. Not as, str- not as strong, but I mean, you know, success isn't always an upward uh, straight line to the right. Um, the Chilean podcasts, we are, we are riding high. Um, Portugal was the new Uganda, but now maybe Chile is the new Uganda. <laughs> the new Portugal. The new Portugal, which was the new Uganda. So we're very grateful to our Spanish-speaking listeners in Chile. Um so yeah, there we go. And I think it's our laser focus on UK-specific tax wrappers, <laughs> such as ISIS <laughs> yeah. and pensions, which yeah. is really boosting us up the Chilean podcast yeah. charts. UK politics, UK economics, UK tax wrappers. <laughs> huge, huge in Chile. <laughs> Universal appeal. Um, some more admin corner, oh, Tom, if, if I may. Double, double if admin I, corner. If I, if the I pe- may. The people are going to love it. Spoiling us. <laughs> um, so... The ISA uh, end of the tax year is fast approaching, so your ISA deadline is fast approaching 5th of April. Mm-hmm. Um, if we are running two competitions at the moment, one is an ISA-related competition mm-hmm. where you win the chance to have your ISA subscriptions for this current tax year doubled. Wow. Uh, terms and conditions apply. As all, that? Well, well, we'll figure that one out afterwards. <laughs> maybe, maybe come out with your wages, Tom. Um, but um, terms and conditions apply as always, so you know, check before you enter. And um, the other one is a pensions competition we mentioned last week. Yeah. So this is the chance to win, I think it's 20,800 UK British pounds. Wow. Um, and you have to open a Circa 5000 pension before the end of May and transfer in an old pension into your new Circa 5000 pension account. Also, Tom, terms and conditions apply again. Who's written so, those terms and conditions at you? Um, be tough terms. <laughs> No, they are. They are been written by our very esteemed legal colleagues, um, <laughs> and yeah, they apply. But you know, chance to win on two yep. fronts there. So, um, and we'll talk more about ISAs and pensions shortly. Ooh. So, we'll really 
give you some reasons to uh, get involved in those. Yep. British Bank Awards, I think we actually have made the We've finals We've made the now. finals of the British Bank Awards, which so is huge. If you're in the final, you have a chance to win. Yeah. Um, but I think, I don't know whether reviews still count. I think, but I think reviews still do count. And now the winners are all based on your average review, review score. And we're doing really well. We've got like 4.96 or 4.97, I think. So if you're going to review, do it. Do only a do a five star yeah. because... Yeah. You know that would really scupper our chances of winning if you start getting if you if you're truthful. Yeah, just put five stars. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. do us a favor. And Tom, a bit of personal admin corner for you as oh, well today. Personal admin corner. Um, so you've you've turned thirty five. I can't yeah. imagine what it would be like to be that old, as I am only thirty four. Don't look a day over forty. <laughs> and um, even more momentous news <clears throat> is that you are now engaged to be married. I am engaged. Congratulations! To be Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, everyone. So all of our... Ladies, stop emailing stop in, Stop emailing in now. That's, that, <laughs> that avenue is closed. I won't be responding anymore like I used to. Uh, yeah. So yeah, there you go. Base, this admin corner is getting packed out. Have we got any content to get through today? <laughs> so that's a solid five minutes on admin, as any good podcast does. <laughs> we really make the listener work for the content. Now, now we're going, going to the ads. Five minutes of ads. <laughs> So uh, last week we'll jump onto uh, before we get into the lice rice pension stuff, which I'm really you know You're big in this. Like, up. This is this is going to be big stuff. <laughs> so uh, last week we made our budget predictions, Tom, mm. and I'm just going to focus on our budget predictions around pensions for yeah, the sake yeah. of time, obviously not because of accuracy or boredom. Um, <laughs> and we made four main predictions. I'm going to say we because our other four, three of them were wrong. So. <laughs> I'd like you to share in the blame. <laughs> so start with the one we got right. We predicted that the annual allowance, which is the amount that you can contribute to your pension or the maximum amount you can contribute to your pension in any given tax year, would increase from £40,000 to £60,000. And that came true, Tom. Mm. So from next tax year, April 23 onwards, the maximum allowance or the maximum you can contribute to a pension will be £60,000, not £40,000. There's loads of rules around this. If you earn, if you earn, um, you know, a high amount uh, over 200,000, that allowance can reduce. It can go as low as 4,000 pounds. In fact, that minimum allowance though is going up to 10,000 pounds, Tom. So that's a little crumb of, crumb of uh, comfort for those people who earn over (laughs) 200,000 pounds. Um, and uh, you have to earn at least 40000 or and then 60000 in order to be able to contribute forty or then 60000 Yeah. Um, the three predictions we got wrong, tax-free allowance, we've, we predicted that the 25% you can take from your pension tax-free after the age of 55 would potentially go down, stayed the same. Um, the lifetime allowance, which was $1.07 million, which is, again, this is not the maximum you can put into your pension, but it's the threshold at which beyond... There was some penalty tax clauses. It yeah. was all very complicated. And I said last week, Tom, that I didn't like the lifetime allowance because I thought it was so complicated that it put people off pensions yeah. as a rapper. Mm. Jeremy Hunt clearly listened to me again. <laughs> and uh, he, I predicted he was going to increase it up to 1.8 million. He actually got rid of it completely. Didn't so, listen to you fully then, did he? Well, he heard my gripe, Tom, and took <laughs> it on board, take, took my feedback on board and got rid of it completely. Um and I thought there may be some more changes to the retirement age announced, but yep. there wasn't. So one out of four, Tom. No, no, it's not well, great. I'm give myself, I'm going to give one and a half. <laughs> one and a half. Because the lifetime allowance is sort of I half mean, right. We've been chatting about this a lot this week. 
you know, off off the pod. We do we're chat. We do chat those, off the pod. We're interesting type of people who like to we're talk about budget. We're very interested in all these, you know. And it's not made pensions any simpler for people trying no. to, you no. know, maximise what they put in. I mean, if you're, if you're in the fortunate of enough position where you think you might be able to maximise 40 to 60 grand a year, it's still a minefield to it's understand minefield, if you're yeah. going to trigger some kind of tax event or you're over a threshold or not. It's so complicated that it needs to be it needs to be simplified. If if the benefits of this for high, it's really aimed at high earners. Yeah, and he made it about you know the NHS, but I think that's a bit of a spurious claim to be honest. Yeah. So the, um, the argument for the lifetime allowance was that there's there's loads of surgeons who have maxed out their amount that they've they they are going to benefit from their uh, defined benefit pension scheme of the NHS, and by getting rid of this lifetime allowance, it would allow these surgeons to yeah. continue to grow the pension entitlement whilst continuing to work and perform surgery on people. Um, I think personally, there's other reasons why people are leaving the NHS. Tom, I don't think it's because everyone who works there's maxed out their pension. No, but um, yeah, the, the 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 individual that I've just engaged uh, got engaged to, he worked in the NHS, and there's uh, there's more problems than high paid surgeons maxing out the pension. I can tell you that. <laughs> um, okay, so into the meat. So this, as we say, this was inspired by uh, a listener question who was not satisfied with the level of detail that we went into. <laughs> On, That's unbelievable. On ISAs during our top 10 tips for ISAs in 10 minutes. Right. Um, we gave ISAs probably about five seconds within that 10 <laughs> minutes. Um, and the question was really, you know, what's the benefit of a LISA and mm. should I consider a LISA? And I think the easiest way to put this into context yeah. is to compare against the alternatives, which is basically, yeah. you know, there's, there's obviously just investing outside of a tax-free wrapper, but for most people that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Um, so compare it to the other wrappers that are popular in the UK, which is an ISA yeah. and a pension. Mm. So um, as we said before, Tom, ISA deadline is fast approaching, uh, 5th of April. So, yeah. you know, you, you've got two things to consider. One is maxing out your allowances as you see fit this year, but also what do you do? Where do you place your money? What do you make your plan for the next tax year? So um, the important thing about ISA allowance is you have £20,000 per tax year to spread across all of your different ISA types, of which there are many, yeah. including LISAs. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it is a use-it-or-lose-it allowance. So yeah. if you only use £10,000 of your ISA allowance this year, yeah. you can't then put 30000 in next year that it just resets. It's a fresh 20,000 each year, regardless yeah. of how much of that 20,000 you use. Yeah. So specifics around LISAs. It's a maximum of that 20,000 total ISA allowance. Yeah. A maximum of 4,000 of that can be used to a LISA. And a LISA is a lifetime ISA, Tom, in case you're wondering what I was, the yeah, L stands for. Um, so that leaves you with 16,000 that you can use for uh, other types of ISA, we've talked about cash ISAs before. I mean, yes, they've got better, the rates have gone up, but in terms of a long-term savings yeah. option, cash is still probably not best. Yeah. Um, and stocks and shares ISA is the one that we obviously offer, um, and then there's all sorts of innovative finance ISAs. But 4000 is the maximum you can put into a lifetime ISA. Unique feature of a lifetime ISA is that the government will top up for free mm. by 25% whatever you put in. So yeah. if you put in 4000 within the tax year, they'll top it up by 25% yeah. or £1,000. So that 4000 turns in to 5000 Yeah. The big, big, big downside. How big? Huge. <laughs> huge. Big, 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 big. Is that if you withdraw... Yeah. So... 
a normal ISA, stocks and shares or cash ISA, you can put money in. Yeah. It grows tax-free within that wrapper. There's no capital gains. There's no income tax. There's nothing. You can withdraw from the wrapper tax-free, yep. unlike a pension. And you can use that money for any purpose. So if you put money in a cash ISA, you can withdraw that money tax-free and you can use it for whatever you like. You know, uh, a honeymoon, for example, Tom, <laughs> or a wedding. A nice, cheap honeymoon, uh, if someone's uh, listening. Blackpool, is it this year? Uh, Blackpool, <laughs> Benny Dawn. Depends on the flight, so I can't see. Um, so, but if you withdraw from a LISA, you get a charge of 25%. So the important thing to note there is if you put £4,000 into a LISA, it gets topped up by 25%, which mm-hmm. tops it up to 5000 Yeah. But if you withdraw, it, you don't get the 25% bonus taken off you. The whole account gets charged 25%. Wow. And 25% of 5000 Tom, is £1,250. So effectively, the, the, the penalty charge can eat in to your original capital, not just the bonus that the government have given you. So they really don't want you to withdraw? Unless you are using the LISA for one of two purposes. Mm. Purpose number one is that you use the funds withdrawn from the LISA to buy a first home, so if you're a first-time buyer. And that first-time buyer means basically uh, you can't have owned any property anywhere in the world prior to buying a residential property in yeah. the UK. Yeah. Um, and that property has to be worth 450000 or less. Yeah. Or you are using the withdrawals to fund retirement mm. after the age of 60. Right. So there's a powerful tax incentive on the way into a LISA, albeit on a relatively small amount versus yeah. what you can put into a pension or, a, or yeah. an ISA. But unless you're really sure that you're going to use it for either this specific first time buyer purpose or you're not going to need those funds yeah. until you're after 60 you can be stung with a big 25 percent charge on the way out yeah so you can open one between the age of 18 and 40 um but can you keep contributing after 40 so if you open yeah. at 39 you can keep doing it until you're yeah you know, i think time and age i think and you, you can, can keep contributing right through until 60 um the only thing with the with the first time buyer thing is you must have held that lisa for at least a year before you use yeah. the funds for a first-time home. So yeah. what some people do... So you still have to be a first-time buyer, even if your intention is to use it for retirement? Well, you can start off with the intention of... No, no, no. You, you can start off with the intention of using it for first-time buyer. Yeah. Then say you don't buy a property or yeah. you buy a property that's worth over 450000 or you don't use that 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 uh yeah, that. withdrawal for that purpose then basically your only other option is to hang on yeah. until until you're 60 but you have to be a first time buyer to open them regardless no, no no it can be an either or right so you can you can you can open an you can open a lisa as a homeowner yeah and say right well this i'm using this as part of my retirement plan mm-hmm. um okay. the difference there is that you know the the thing is if you're using it purely for retirement then the likelihood is is that you're going to you're going to get um, if you're a higher earner, you're going to get more tax relief out of just a standard pension. Yeah. Um, and if you're paying into a workplace pension, mm. then you're probably going to get, you know, that workplace pension may have some employer matching yeah. things. So, yeah. you know, there's more sort of free money on the table normally for a pension. Um, the difference is, is that you will be taxed on the way out on a pension. Yeah. So you ta- any withdrawal from a pension after the age of 55 yep. over and above your 25% tax-free yep. is taxed as income. 
Yeah. So you get income tax. The argument always is with pensions is that you're probably not going to be as higher earner in retirement mm. as you are during the peak of your working life when you yeah, contribute yeah, yeah. to the pension. Yeah. So, I mean, how does it stack up on a net basis versus just, you know, maximizing your, your pension, you know, versus investing in this? If you're thinking about retirement, not home buying. Well, I think I think what what I think what on the retirement side of things is pension probably first. Yeah, is probably the as a rule of thumb probably the best option for most people saving yeah. for retirement. A, you can access those funds earlier. Yeah. B, if it's within an employer arrangement, you're probably getting more free money. C, if you're a, if you're a higher rate taxpayer, i.e. you're paying 40% or 45% yeah. tax, you're getting more tax-free, you're getting more tax, uh, uh, tax-free, um, <laughs> tax refunds or whatever you want to yeah. say, more free money back. Yeah. Um, what you could do is if you're in the fortunate position where you've maxed out your 40,000 or now only 60, yeah, is start it's money. another way of getting money into a tax-free wrapper yeah. that gets a bonus, yeah. which a standard ISA won't get the 25% tax bonus. And if you're dead set on keeping that money until after 60, yeah. or the 4,000 is not a significant sum to you, and you can keep it until <laughs> after 60, then it's a way of topping up over and above a pension yes. to, for retirement. Yeah, and... Can you? Are you restricted on what you can put that money into in a ISA? I stocks and shares. Actually, you can just invest in stocks and shares. Is it just you? Sit, you it sits there. You get the bonus, and that's it. Or can you invest it in stuff or put it in sort of kind of interest bearing? Yeah. So, like ISAs, there are cash ISAs, which right. just go in cash, and there are stocks and shares ISAs where you can invest into stocks and shares. Now, we love making these systems very, very simple. In the they're UK. always very complicated. But I think the thing, the important thing here is it's is it's regardless of the wrapper what you put in the wrapper has to be fit for the objective of that money. Yes. So if you're a first time, if you're looking to be a first time buyer and you're literally looking to do say maybe two years worth of, of a LISA, so you put 4,000 in and then next year you put another 4,000 in yep. and that gets topped up to, to 10,000. Then if you're looking to buy a home within that say 18 month, two year period, probably not worth it especially seeing as you're getting a 25% top-up from the government anyway, yep. probably not worth exposing that money to the stock market yep. because one year or two years is too short a time frame. If, however, you're putting that money in a LISA for retirement, then you may as well have the benefit of both the tax top-up, the yep. 25%, and the long-term compounding effects of investing in the stock market. Yep. But I think the important thing here is if you're self-managing these accounts, mm. you've got an ISA, a SIP, a pension, and a and a lifetime ISA, is you know you can you can hold basically the same things. Yeah. In all of these wrappers, these are just wrappers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The wrappers are just the the tin, and what you put in it is is where you're going to get your return from. Yeah. You know, it, you, all of your return doesn't come from the tax effects of these different wrappers. So you know, if you if you're in a pension or a LISA and you're saving for retirement, then mm you know, taking a bit more risk on and thinking a bit more long-term and positioning for that long-term is probably the thing to do. If you're, same with your saving long-term into an ISA, if you're thinking of a, a ISA for a short-term, short i.e. first home in the next 18 months, mm. then probably cash is better. Same if you've put some instant access savings into an ISA, yeah. you know, cash is probably better as well. So it's it's horses for courses on those on those things. Um, you know, and I think the thing is, 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 you can you can use these wrappers uh, sort of flexibly as your plans change. So yeah. you know the thing is is most people feel more comfortable putting money into an ISA. 
It's the mm. simplest wrapper. Yeah. It's under, people understand it, don't they? People understand it. It's £20,000 a yeah. year. You can grow tax-free within the wrapper, but there's no penalty if, you know, times change and you need to call on that money. Yeah. So I think what most people would say is the most effective for long-term growth is probably a pension. Yes. Because you get the free... The free um, you know, you get the, the tax rebates, you get the you get the, the top ups in from yeah. the from the tax man in there, and you're probably getting some employer top ups into your workplace pension as well. Yeah. So there's a load of like free money on the table for a pension. Yeah. However, if you're not comfortable sort of maxing out as much as you can in a pension because you want to retain some flexibility, yeah. you know, if you're saving for retirement and it's thirty years away, plans change, things happen, life gets in the way, you might need to draw on that money at some point. So use both your pension to as much as you can, but also use your ISA. The other thing that people, that is a little bit of a quirk is, because there's no penalties for withdrawing from an ISA, you can grow that ISA. And if you think, well, I've got loads in this ISA now, and I'm almost, you know, I'm not going to call on this extra cash for the next five, 10 years, you can withdraw it tax-free from the ISA and use it to top up your pension yeah. and then get a, then get your uh, tax rebates off that. Yeah. And you and as I say, if you're investing in the same stuff across your two wrappers, other than the trading cost, there's no real there's no real penalty for doing that. Yeah. And it just allows you that degree of flexibility. Yeah. Um but you know, you've got to maintain your investment portfolio has to be suitable for the time frame that you're looking at. So yeah. it has to be has to be um you know, a diversified long-term position portfolio. Yeah. So, so I think that covers it, Tom, really, yeah. unless, unless there's anything else to add on that. No, I think so. I think it's pretty clear, isn't it? I think I think LICE is probably the the, the least used, least understood by the, yeah. the, the average person. Um, so I think that message is, you know, for most people, maximise your pension, do what you can in an ISA. And then if you're kind of, if you find yourself in a position where you can save more and or you are specifically trying to buy a house in, in, in the short to medium term, the LICE is a really good account for that. Yeah, so, I mean, we did say we'd do some impact news. We're, we're, we're running over time a little bit. Should we yeah. just cover it off quickly and just sort of uh, just sort of have a quick look at this? And I think it's a, it's something that we wanted to cover because it's pretty important. Yeah. Um, it's quite big news. Let's whiz through it. Yeah. So the um, t- two of the UK's largest pension schemes, um, uh, which together have about $130 billion in assets, so that's the assets of the pension schemes, um, I set to vote against the renewal of top directors at BP and Shell, yeah, the oil companies, uh, at their annual meetings, unless both companies improve their commitments to tackling carbon emissions. The BP meeting uh, is at the end of April, um, so uh, what about six weeks? And Shell is the end of uh, end of May, so a month later. So these two pensions uh, pension schemes are the UK Universities Pension Scheme and Border to Coast Pension Scheme. Border to Coast is a group of local government pension schemes in the UK. So this is quite notable because previously um, uh, pension schemes or shareholders haven't really taken a stance voting against management specifically and specific directors of companies. Rather, um, they've voted against uh, company policy. Yeah. Um, and so the, the the kind of backdrop to this is you've seen a lot of the oil and gas companies, and we've mentioned this in you know, previous weeks, uh, energy security is now this thing that's being used as the excuse for backtracking on climate commitments. Yeah. Um, and so BP's uh, uh, Bernard Looney has said that the group's um, oil and gas output would fall only 25% by, 20, 20, by 2030. That's the kind of carbon emissions um, compared with 2019 levels from a previous 40% 
target all under the guise of secure energy security and everything that's going on with the Russia-Ukraine situation. And so both of these pension funds who are notable in terms of the size of the assets, so they have big sway at these kind of um, these uh, company meetings and AGMs and votes have both stated publicly that they'll, they'll target management um, because they're not moving fast enough or they're backtracking and the claims are not credible. And so it's, it's quite a big public moment um, in these pension funds coming forward with this. And it kind of ties in with the kind of changing stance of the likes of BlackRock that we've mentioned recently uh, about um, them pressurizing companies that they invest in to, to make uh, stronger, quicker progress on, on climate commitments. Um, and also in the UK in December, RailPen, which is the, you know, the, the old railway workers pension scheme that manages about 35 billion of assets for railway workers, said it would vote against the chairs of companies that were failing to provide credible response to climate change. So you can see a bit of a groundswell happening amongst these big either pension funds or big asset managers to try and force companies, whether it's policies or management, to try and uh, stay true to what they've said previously. Yeah, and, and I think the really, really interesting point here is that they've publicly stated that, yeah. look, we think targeting the management is the most effective thing. Yeah. You know, we've got a, we've got a vote as shareholders policies. We can raise we can raise suggestions and we can put policy ideas up and they can and we can vote for or against company policies. But actually, if we just target the individuals directly, you know, a threat to their job, a threat to their income. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, it might sound pretty brutal, but it's 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 highly effective because you know. It's it's it, it gets personal. Yeah, it's highly effective, and they, they clearly feel like they need to do this in order to get them to pay attention. Yeah, and I think it. You know, we'll have to wait and see how it goes, and we'll uh, we'll report back. I mean, I think this is another example of as well, though. You know, the, the divergence between the US yeah. and the UK. Yeah, yeah. You know, so these are, U, these are both UK listed companies being targeted by UK based pension schemes, yeah. um, where their management is being targeted directly. Yeah. Um, you know, whether whereas the US is it's much it's much more. Uh, polarized and and you know the state the state pension schemes are yeah, actually yeah. going rebelling, completely the other way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we've mentioned before, you don't seem to have that polarization in the UK at the moment, and in, in in Europe at the moment, it seems like the direction of travel is settled. Yeah, for now. So there's not a vocal pro fossil fuel oil no. movement in the UK. No. It might be just silently lobbying away, yeah, and sure probably is. is, but it's not as there's not this definite there's definitely not this public war over yeah. which way companies should be heading on this stuff. Yeah. Which is positive for which now. Which is positive for now. So um thanks for listening everyone. Thank you everyone. And we'll be back next week. See you next week. Impact Investing from Circa 5000. Thank you for listening to Impact Investing, a podcast brought to you by Circa 5000. Remember, when investing, your capital is at risk, and this podcast is not financial advice. If you like what you hear, then please remember to like, subscribe, and share the podcast.